Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. And he really started doing this, like I said, about halfway through the season. Would make an effort, go over to him, and just like say, hey, man, something, some type of words of encouragement. Like, hey, we'll get him next time. Don't worry about it. Like, hey, you know, you may have struck out, but the next kid just hit a, you know, just hit a two-run, um, a, a double or something like that. And, and, and you saw that other kid get over his situation almost instantaneously. Let's go. Welcome to Citizen. Today we have a very special guest, former Navy SEAL Sean Matson. Also, you probably know him from Carter Max, Matt Bach, so on and so forth. Serial entrepreneur, this guy. What's going on? Nothing. What's going on with you? Man, it's, uh, busy, that's for sure. We've been uh, cranking away. So I just had to shove my face full of... Uh, a whole bunch of breakfast tacos, not and not the not the Mexican kind. The uh, well, you mean not the people, not kind, the Latinos, I guess. yeah, <laughs> not the not the people, not the people. I'm not a uh... <laughs> what a knucklehead. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so it's a good place to jump from. Um, <laughs> everything is so dumb uh, these days. It's it's just. It seems like uh, more and more people are divided into one of two camps, and that is uh, just I'm tired of this. I'm not going to engage anymore. Leave me alone. Let me know when it's over. Uh, and then people who are <clears throat> constantly trying to make partisan political points and spike the football on their opponents, right? But I, I, I what I've seen very little of um, are people who are just – determined to make things better without regard to, you know, any, any political party or any kind of partisan talking point. Um, a lot of people are doing it, but I guess maybe one of the problems is that people who just put their head down and power through and do the right thing aren't necessarily the best self promoters. You know what I mean? Like they're so busy doing the work that they don't have time for promotion. <laughs> and that's one of the things, you know, aside from just the dialogue, the back and forth, the conversations that we have about these principles and about the state of our country in general. I think that's probably something that I'm looking to get at too, which is to find people who are, have their head, <clears throat> have their head down and they're, you know, solving problems and don't necessarily have the time to talk about it. I want to, uh, you know, bring some of those to light. And that's something that you do quite a bit. So thanks for coming on today. Um, I yeah, no, I appreciate it. it. Yeah. No, thank you. So, you know, you're a businessman, former uh, former operator. What do you what do you see going on in the world today? Like, if you had to, if if you were a doctor and you had to diagnose some symptoms, what what would you be? What would you say? Um, I, I think I think the I think the first the first thing that you see more than 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 anything is just the, you know, everyone just follows 
and shares without any verification or like uh maybe maybe i let me let me go check this is this really a, a, mm. a like there's there's no fact finding and i hate using that or fact checking because everything gets fact checked but it's it, it's it's bullshit fact checking Correct, right yeah. like it's like you know when i see a st- statistic um pushed out or shared my first thing is is google and I look at it and then I do my own research mm-hmm. and then it's like, well, that's not necessarily the whole picture, right? It's like, yes, there might be, um, <clears throat> you, th- there might be 300 people a day dying from COVID or something like that, right? right. But like that, that might be the legitimate statistic, mm-hmm. right? But like, then I'm like, huh, wonder what the average person dying from being obese, huh? And, you know, and like you see that and it's like 100x more than than what this this thing is. But people are crying so much about this one thing. And and I know that, that that's, it's kind of an easy topic right now because like we saw that for two years mm-hmm. straight of just over and over and over again. And it's like all these mandates and all this stuff. But yet, you know, you could drive down the street and you see lines wrapped around the corner of – you know, uh, McDonald's and, and Wendy's and all these other places. And these people are not going there and eating. Like, do I go to fast food? Yes. Do I go to fast food a lot? Absolutely not. And when I go to fast food, like I'm not getting the, the, the super size, like triple, you know, Decker thing. I'm getting like a salad or like a wrapper, or even if I do get a burger, right? Like I'm not crushing the the fries with the 42 ounce, you know, soda. Right. And and it might be, I do that once a year or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, <laughs> it's like, it just happened to be that I needed it, or there was nothing else around to do it, and and I just did it right. But it's not like a a, a daily thing that I'm consuming 6,000 calories uh, from McDonald's. Sure. Yeah. So. I mean, it's so you know, I guess the the topic you're hitting on here is. <clears throat> kind of how we consume information and then how we let it affect our lives, right? So uh, we spend a lot of, we, we spend a lot of time on the surface, but uh, uh, there is some impediment to digging deeper for mm-hmm. some reason, right? I don't know. May, yeah. So my, my premise is that as is the case in other parts of society and, and, Western culture in general is that people have kind of tuned out of the process a little bit. Right. And I think it's one of the things that's led us to where we are today. So the government yeah. of, of America was designed to be of for and by the people. Right. So if, if that's the case, then the government is going to ultimately be a reflection of the people, regardless of, of good or bad, it's going to be a reflection of the people. And I think right now it's a reflection of how, completely tuned out of the process we've been uh you know everybody wants ipads and hot pockets and to be left alone and uh you know the from the left and the right people uh seem to be content to bitch and moan about their rights people talk about their rights a lot uh very rarely do you hear them talking about their responsibilities and if you read the definition of citizen uh, from any major law, uh, uh, school or, 
you know, Merriam-Webster itself, the definition of a citizen is, you know, a, a person who has the rights and responsibilities, right, of citizenship in the country. So yeah. we've, it's really easy just to, you know, have a preformed opinion and say, anytime anybody's trying to improve, you know, you can be a nihilistic, like, oh, well, you're not going to, it's too, that's too big of a problem to solve. I'm like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. Just shut the fuck up, man, because you've, you've added absolutely <laughs> nothing to this conversation. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I think the stuff that we've been dealing with the last couple of years, like our, uh, a, a great deal of the population being willing to accept um, such massive state influence on their day-to-day lives, things like that. Um, I think that's the result of our complacency. And I think you see it in that, in the same way that people just don't understand basic science and, and government these days. Um, and, and those who do are either too busy, too nihilistic, or too afraid to step in and do something about it. And that's yeah. got to stop, right? I mean, if the government is up for and by the people, then it's only going to get better if we get better, which is, you know, it's, yeah. that sounds daunting, but it's actually good news. It means you have your own fate in your hand right now. Um, so, you know, I wonder from your perspective, you're a father, you're a businessman, uh, uh, on a day-to-day basis, what are the steps that you kind of take to, to keep yourself involved in that process, to make sure you're studious, to make sure you're aware of what's going on around you and to make sure you're doing the right thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, going back to what we were just talking about, you know, I mean, I, I, I do a lot of internal research for stuff. So like, I'm not a big book reader. I never have been like, I don't like to sit down and consume a, a book. Um, I get too bored with them. Mm. Typically, if I do listen to it, I'll listen to a book, um, but I listen to it at like 1.4 times just because if it's not, then I I get so fucking bored. Like, just get to the fucking point. Like, like, give me the cliff notes of it. Like, you know, I don't need 30 pages, you know, like, uh, you know, I'll make fun of, I'll make fun of seal books. It's like every, every seal book you ever read, if you just go to the middle of the book, and start there, you'll be good. The first part of it is all about buds and their hell week and all that stuff like that. It's like, nobody fucking cares. Like, just give me to like what the meat of, or what the, whatever the book is about, you know, it's like, you know, and, and, uh, but like, if I don't listen to them at that higher pace, then I I, I tune them out. But on a day-to-day basis, um, I, I am, I'm consuming a lot and educating myself a lot on different things. Mm. Uh, I've always enjoyed just learning and, but I was never a good student (laughs) in school. Like, you know, uh, you know, just regular geometry or algebra Mm -hmm. or whatever, calculus or whatever. But like, you know, you tell me a fact and like, if I don't know anything about what you're talking about, then I'm going to go research it. Mm. And I'm going to, I'm going to start understanding a little bit about it. Um, you know, I would say like the one thing right now that I'm learning a lot about is baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my nine-year-old son, I have four kids. My nine-year-old son just started playing travel baseball okay. this spring. 
Um, I was a swimmer. I, I mean, I, I played baseball and played, you know, some pickup baseball, but like the amount of baseball that he just did in, in this spring, they played 35 games as wow. a nine-year-old for travel baseball. But like I became a student of baseball and, and, and like, I'm like enjoying now, like, and I, and, and, you know, I mean, as you know, I mean, the algorithm with Facebook and Instagram, now I'm just getting more and more and more of it, but I'm enjoying it because he enjoys it. Right. So I'm, I'm learning things and I want to be there to help him. I'll never be his coach. I'll never like, I mean, he's already a better baseball player than I ever was, you know, but like, like he, he wants to go, at least right now, he's saying, I want to go play in the pros. Well, you know, not what I'm doing for that is, is I'm not pushing him to, to go do it or Mm -hmm. pulling him to go do it. I'm giving him those opportunities and it's, Hey, I'm going to go work out. You want to come work out with me? Or, Hey, I'm going to do this. Do you want to come do this with me? Um, or if I see him going a couple weeks, um, usually not a couple of weeks, but, you know, a couple of days um, without, you know, doing something baseball related, like, Hey man, listen, like, I know it's off season right now, but this is, this is where, this is where you, you gain. Right. And yep. this is where you grow as a player right now. Right. Like in the season, you can't change things. Right. Like that's not the time to, and I understand that from, uh, again, from being a swimmer, like, mm-hmm. If I needed to correct something, I didn't do it in the middle of the season. That's that's the last thing you want to do. You 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 bowl through that season, and then when you're in your off season and you're training, that's when you're going heavy on extra weights or or refining your your um, you know your stroke or something like that. Um, and so that's what I'm trying to you know convey to him now, but also understanding he's nine, right? Mm-hmm. And like there's eight years before he even goes to college. So, uh, you know, I don't need to be sitting here and like, Hey man, if you don't fucking do this, like you're never going to fucking make it right. Like that, you know, I'm, I'm also, are you having fun? Right. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, I'm having fun. And then, then that's, that's where I'm at. But you know, on a, on a day-to-day basis, um, I, I work out generally every day. Um, or I, I, I definitely do something active and and it might not be like weights or something, you know, I'll do some stretching or I'll do, you know, some walking or, or something. And then, you know, three to five times a week, I'm doing a, a hard workout where I'm sweating and I'm getting a good, you know, pump in. Um, and then, um, like I said, the educational part of it, um, I just love consuming information and learning about new things and bettering myself from that perspective. Yeah. It's interesting. You talk about, um, <clears throat> the, the preparation part, uh, and the way that you, you frame it is, uh, you know, it, it may sound like two different things. You creating good habits, um, for yourself, whether it's working out, dieting, learning new stuff, reading, or, you know, just being there for your kids on a regular basis and making time for that habit building is the same regardless of, of what you're doing. And it's effective regardless of what you're doing. Uh, and then the other part of it is <clears throat> you're talking about improving in the off season. Uh, you know, you're the kids now learning to think four dimensionally, right? So it's not just right now 
and the things that are going on around me right now, it's like the, the work you, you make that causal link between the work I do now and the success I'll have later. I think it's a really important thing for people to understand, uh, especially kids growing up because, you know, mostly they're just going to emulate whatever you do. So, yep. you know, that's a big responsibility in itself. But if you can give them those, if you can quantify the lessons, right, that they're learning at the lower level to bring them up a notch. Now, not only are they going to learn more lessons because they're more prepared, right? And they understand more, but they're also going to become leaders um, mm -hmm. just by function of having that, those capabilities. <clears throat> and the, the thing about it is it kind of sets when they see you doing certain things and applying principles to it and they're doing something entirely different and you tell them to apply those same principles to that activity uh, or discipline or whatever it is, then they begin to realize something that a lot of people today just don't understand, which is that it is the principle that matters, right? It's not yep. the person. It's not the the political party. It's not the team or whatever. It's the principle ultimately that matters. That is the North star. And yeah, it, one of the things that I try to stress with people is whether you're in a management role or parenting or whether you're in political debates or whatever it is, if you're trying to figure out what's best for your communities, you have to find the greatest common factor amongst your ideas. Like what are the, if we take our two ideas and put them side by side and list all other tenants, um, essentially what are the things that we agree on about that? So for example, people, the vast majority of people agree that we need internal security. That is policing. Um, when even in underserved uh, minority communities like Oakland, for example, did a poll in 2021 and 86% of people said they wanted the same amount or more police. And these are like mm -hmm. completely black neighborhoods, right? Not so that the idea right. that black people at large, particularly in these areas, want less police, we know that to be false. Now, the next step in that conversation, so we've, we've established that the vast majority of people require and understand the need for internal security in a state. Now, to what level do we give the state authority? I think that the, <laughs> the, the uh, black dude in, in Oakland who has faced some, of, some nonsense, right, from shitty budgets that produce shitty recruiting, that produce shitty police, which produce shitty outcomes, and that's a real fucking thing that happens, I assume they have the same general opinion towards the state that, you know, a, a dude in fucking Appalachia does or some, some, uh, some most military people don't really care for that stuff either. So now, yeah. now we've agreed for the necessity of internal security, but also agreed that there has to be guardrails to keep the state from absorbing too much power and inflicting damage on the community. Those are the two main tenets of internal security and everybody agrees on them. But for some reason, we're having these crazy debates about whether they should exist in their current form or not. You know what I mean? Because we've, we've had the conversation incorrectly. Yeah. And just being able to take the, th that simple thing you do where you take the lessons that you learned <clears throat> in the Navy or as a businessman or in your uh, own personal fitness or education and applying those to, to micro skills for your child. That child has now learned how 
to have that conversation internally. And then the next step is obviously how to make them competent enough to have that conversation externally. Cause now that's what turns yep. them into a leader. And that, that brings us to, yeah, that's uh, so that's yeah. real quick. Uh, no, you know, my, my, my oldest is 13. She's, uh, she just finished seventh grade. Mm. So I'm dealing with a middle school female mm. right now. And, and I tell you like, um, extremely difficult situation as, as, a man mm. having to communicate to, you know, a, a teenager daughter at that, right? Like my son's a little bit different because I, I can like, I know what he's going through, mm. right? Like a girl, I have no idea, right? And then, and then you add on all the other layers of, of what's going on in the world where not only are they having to deal with just teenager stuff, puberty and everything else, now they have to figure out what you know, sexual orientation they are and this and that and all these other things that just like sit here and, and it's like, you know, you can't just have a simple conversation with them about like, hey, no, this is this. And it's like, well, but I have to talk to this person this way and I've talked to this person this way. And then next week they change and now it's this and this and this. And I'm just like, oh, Jesus, like, yeah, well, but that that conversation <laughs> then comes back to the simple principles of well let's let's look at this whole picture and we've had some you know long heart to hearts and then i i I do the same thing that i do for myself i'm like okay i want you to go use your resources and go like like kind of put together like a little mini report right and then come back and let's have another conversation right and then what did you learn about this particular topic you you fill in the blank right and then we'll go and we'll talk about things and then i'll ask her like well where did you get that information from right and it's like we look at those things and and you know i explained to them you know um like with my 13 year old i'm having conversations with her like she's an adult Mm -hmm. and i know for a fact that because I'm, I mean, I I still treat her like a teenager, but I'm having conversations with her like an adult, right? And we are, we have such a great relationship now, like like my whole goal right now is to just not fuck that up. (laughs) You know, it's like, like, because she will come and she will come and tell me things that I know if I fuck this up, like that all goes away like that right right like very personal information things that she will come and talk to me about Mm -hmm. when when no one else is around and i'm like really like okay please don't you know (laughs) please don't fuck this up like i have to tread very carefully on it but like um it's it's awesome because i have that relationship with her um and like i said it just constantly trying not to, to, to screw that whole thing up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so what you're talking about with sending the kid out <clears throat> to, I, I guess for lack of a better phrase, do their own research, that's really what education is supposed to be. Um, so you learn like core information, you learn about history, you learn about how government works, you learn about basic science and math and stuff like that. But um, high school and especially university is primarily designed to teach you how to f- use resources to find information like that's that's what because you can't learn everything about being 
um, <clears throat> uh, whatever you're, you major in, in, in 120 credit hours. That's, that, that's an unreasonable expectation to have. But you can learn enough to know where to look for the information that you're missing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it also teaches people how to think for themselves, right? Like if you have to go out and find your own information, then you're no longer relying on. And look, it's there's going to be there's a point in your life where you realize that everybody who's delivering information to you on a personal level has some kind of angle or bias, and you can. Kentucky windage that shit and kind of figure out what the truth is, but that doesn't happen until you're probably in your mid to late twenties. If you're lucky, if, if, if you're a normal person, it's probably in your thirties when you start to be able to do that. So teaching people how to think like that at a younger age, not only does that inoculate them from bad and ignorant influences, right. That might have half truths packaged and, and real truths. and, And it's hard to tell the difference sometimes. It also means more people in our communities are thinking proactively and creatively about solving problems. And there's always going to be problems that need to be solved. So that means we solve more problems and we solve problems faster, which, you know, that's the kind of shit that it doesn't just benefit society in a, in a loose way. It literally saves people's lives very frequently. Like, uh, uh, like, you know, inoculations that like the polio vaccine, for example, uh, who, by the way, Jonas Salk just gave it away. <sighs> Didn't make billions of dollars on that one. Um, <laughs> so anyways, yeah, all this is leading into the first point you chose today. And it's I, I, I one of the reasons I wanted to have you come on is because you've been in leadership positions before you're a business owner, but also uh, as a parent. So you've got some perspective on what it is like to be, you know, in extreme situations as an adult and in less extreme situations or deal with less extreme situations in adolescence, uh, in today's world. So principle four is no matter where I am, I'll be a leader. And as a leader, I'll last the first part of that statement. I added after the fact, because I didn't want to assume that everybody isn't a leader because people don't think of themselves that way. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the, the vast majority of people, I say this a lot, but the vast majority of people won't ever be in a formal leadership position during their lifetime, uh, at least for not any significant amount of time. They may be in charge of a project for a, a couple of weeks, or they may be the hall monitor for one day or something like that. But the vast majority of people just aren't going to be in these situations. But leadership isn't about well, a, well, a title, right? Well, also, I mean, even, you know, even if, even if you are given, like you said, a hall monitor, right? And and you're quote unquote supposed to be a leader, mm. right? You you might not have the authorization to to really lead that hallway, right? right you yeah. know, and it's it's like and and we all saw it, right? Like, you know, I mean, especially in the military, you see it, but you see it all the time anywhere you go, right? Like you you might be the CEO of a company but you're tied to a board who they're really making the decisions and you're just carrying out those decisions, right? Like, yes, you are the leader Mm. of the company, but that board is directing you exactly which way you need to go. And if you go outside of their left and right limits that they tell you, you're getting replaced, right? right? Like if you don't conform to that, you know, their path that they're setting, you're gone. And, you know, um, so, 
kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier is that just that the the responsibility part of it but also you know you said just a minute ago the the title mm-hmm. right so you you it it's not a title even though people hang their hat on well my title is you know ceo so i'm a leader right, right? well yeah maybe <laughs> yeah before we continue, let's get to some sponsors. Right now, GhostBed is offering 40% off GhostBed bundles where you get a mattress and an adjustable base. For everything else, 30% off if you use the code DRINKINGBROS at ghostbed.com forward slash DRINKINGBROS. You can get a mattress for 35 bucks a month. Uh, they also have a zero down, 0% financing plan for up to 60 months that you can use uh, with any of these deals, including the 40% off deal, which means you can extend your financing out to 5 years for an entire bedroom suite that includes the mattress and adjustable base uh, and then anything else you add onto that order you're going to get 40% off it's probably the best deal that you're ever going to find for this type of stuff every mattress has a 20-year warranty some even have 25 they're all cooling so if you like me are a big dumb sweaty dude and you live in the uh in the hottest parts of the world right now comes in comes in handy for sure uh the cooling technology is amazing you can try these things for 101 nights. If you don't like it, send it back. No hard feelings. That's why they've been with us for five years and why they'll hopefully be with us forever. Um, we love those guys at GhostBed. As a matter of fact, uh, the CEO of GhostBed, who we've had on Drinker Bros before, is going to come on Citizen pretty soon and talk about his experiences and what it means to him to be a citizen. And y- you know the guy's legit based on how much he's given back to the community, the first responder and veteran community. So we look forward to that. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros for those deals. Next up, we've got better help. This one is a, you know, this one hits close to home for a lot of us. Um, this podcast is sponsored by better help because it's something that I really believe in. What it is, is a telemedicine organization, meaning that you don't have to leave your home and go somewhere to get the help you need. It's not a crisis line, but what it is, is professional therapy that you can do, you know, over the phone, uh, video conferencing. We, we all live busy lives, man. And, and these days with inflation and everything, uh, you know, people are working harder than they used to work, working longer hours, trying to, uh, you know, keep their families above water. And that one, you don't have a lot of time. And two, it's extremely stressful, right? Life is full of twists and turns. But what's really important and something we talk about on this show a lot is that you show up for yourself through all of it. So BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs. They can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. Again, this is not a crisis line. Uh, if you have issues like that, <clears throat> reach out to a crisis line. But for this and uh, for this specifically, it's not self-help. It's it's professional therapy done securely online, available to people anywhere in the world. So if you're traveling somewhere and you need to, that's one of the great things about it. If you're going to be traveling for work or whatever it is, you don't have to be in the city to get the help you need, right? You don't have to be in a physical location and get it anywhere. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you don't have to be on camera. Um, getting therapy. Every week is as easy as a few clicks on your laptop or phone, right? No, no spending money on gas, travel somewhere to go somewhere, no taking time off during the day and having to have awkward conversations with your employer about where you're going, things like that. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. Uh, BetterHelp is a great way to invest in yourself. Um, you can visit their website, 
read all the testimonials. They have thousands and thousands of testimonies of people who have used this. And I know there are some of you out there uh, <clears throat> who could certainly use this type of help. Uh, we've all been through it, myself included. They have therapists in all 50 states. So uh, right now, there's a special offer from my listeners, 10% off your first month. You can get that deal by going to betterhelp.com slash citizen. Uh, it's 10% off your first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash citizen. Next up, uh, we have Babel, one of our favorites. Uh, you know, some of the conversations uh, that we've had recently, uh, we just talked about it with BetterHelp or about improving your life. You know, you want to challenge yourself. So we we make this point physically a lot. Like you got to get up and, and do movements. You've got to get out in the sun to get vitamin D and all these things. What are you doing though for your mind? Now, studying history and all this stuff is great. I do it all the time, especially the founding of this country, but exercising those mental muscles that you haven't in a while, learning a new skill, not just new information. And language as a skill is extremely important to maintaining overall brain health uh, and, and your general mental health as well. And it also makes, you know, it, it, there's also a lot of other good reasons to learn a new language. So for all your summer travels, if you're able to do that right now, if you're going abroad or staying domestic and you want to immerse yourself in whatever culture you're going to, now is the perfect time to start Babbel. That was a language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. And thanks to its addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, there's still time to learn a new language before you reach your destination. Uh, you'll need about 10 minutes per lesson so you can start having real-life conversations in as little as three weeks for many people. Uh, they don't use the AI that other language learning apps use. Instead, their language lessons are uh, uh, created by over 150 language experts, right? People that actually do this for a living, who teach this for a living. Their teaching method is scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German, and plus their speech te uh, recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent so you don't sound well, like Ross, let's be real. Uh, there are many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not learning like you think you should, maybe consider that. So start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, save up to 60%. That's 6-0% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash American. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash American for up to 60% off your subscription Babel language for life. And finally, this is a new one. Um, it's fume F U M fume with the umlaut over the, uh, the U <coughs> excuse me. Um, so whether you're a smoker or an ex smoker, who's trying to get over the cravings, Fume is the perfect tool for you. Instead of a nicotine replacement, uh, which we've had before and some people use before, uh, this is not that. This is all natural chemicals. Um, that's why you got to check it out. If you're one of those people who the habit, the hand-to-mouth habit, has become a problem for you, and that is, uh, scientifically speaking, 
just as addictive as the chemicals in cigarettes themselves. Fume is a natural inhaler designed for better, safer, and natural way to quit, right? It replaces that hand-to-mouth habit without any of the other nonsense involved, right? So Fume handcrafts wooden inhalers, uses core infusers uh, with plant oils, infused rather, with plant oils studied to curb cravings. Not only that, they taste great. So it's flavors like peppermint and uh, conquer, which also has minty notes uh, to simulate menthol cigarettes. There's other flavors like cozy chai, which tastes like tea. Obviously, Lemon Berry Bliss, which is sweeter. Um, all their flavors are 100% natural. There's no addictive chemicals, no harmful chemicals, no artificial flavors, nothing, none of that, and absolutely no nicotine. So they have thousands and thousands of reviews. People love this stuff. Uh, quitting is tough, but Fume could really help. I, I, The hand-to-mouth thing is something that, uh, you know, it's almost like a almost like a nervous tick, right? It's a habit that you form by doing the same thing over and over for years at a time. So whether you're a smoker or ex-smoker who still struggles with these cravings, fume is the perfect tool for you. It's the one thing that addresses both the craving and the uh, uh, hand-to-mouth habit at the same time. So go to breathefume.com forward slash citizen. That's B-R-E-A-T-H-E-F-U-M dot com forward slash citizen use the promo code citizen you're going to save 10 percent off your entire order that's 10 percent off your entire order when you head to breathefume.com and use the promo code citizen and i mean it's a good point so that's kind of the inverse of my my point so you can be in a leadership position and not actually be a leader but mm-hmm. uh <clears throat> that's a e- even in that situation where you're a uh I mean, I don't want to say a puppet because that's, you know, the boards, boards of companies have quite a bit of control for good reason. Right. I mean, it's, uh, there's a reason for that a lot of times, but if you want to be successful in that position, uh, and you want to, you want to be a leader in the CEO position, even if you have a board that may micromanage a little bit, you can still control your attitude and effort. I mean, if you, if you're a miser, you know, if you if you're just miserable all the time and you're delivering the board's message to the company half-assed, then it's going to come across half-assed, and the performance will be half-assed, and the results will be half-assed, right? So, no, no uh, doubt. And then the other side of that that I was <clears throat> the reason I added that part in the beginning is because of the inverse of what you were saying, which is that even if you're not in a formal leadership position, everybody likes to say somebody has to do something. Well, you're somebody. You know what I mean? So. And and it doesn't have to be a huge monumental lift every single day, but if you have the ability to be self-aware, then you have a responsibility to, you know, take, to, to set a good example for other people, I guess is a good way to say that. Because as you know, from being on the teams, um, probably more so actually from being, from going through buds because psychology is like, super contagious everybody's thinking about quitting and one guy quits and then another guy quits and it's 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 like poison right but it also works in the opposite direction somebody looks Mm -hmm. like they're about to quit and they fucking nut up and don't quit and you don't quit you know what i mean now we have those opportunities every single day to be leaders it doesn't matter if you're 13 or if you're you know 50 years old it doesn't matter you have it you have opportunities every day so you've talked about your kids a little bit. I wonder, 
<clears throat> we spend a lot of time talking about leadership and formal leadership positions, and you and I have been in quite a few of those over the years. But I want to talk about um, regular people, whether it's a kid in middle or high school or, you know, just some dude that works in a cubicle and he's 45 years old. What's, what's that person doing to be a leader? Because that's the whole point of this citizen idea is that, again, of form by the people means that we're going to get the government that we pay for through our own effort and attitude. So what does that mean to you? Like how, how does the average person, you know, become a leader in, in whatever situation they're in? Or I guess how do they exercise yeah. leadership qualities might be a better way to say that. Sure. Yeah. So I'll, I mean, a, a example of, you know, something that, uh, uh, you know, going back to the baseball thing with, with my son. Um, so this last year, again, I mean, they're, they're nine years, some of them are even eight. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a nine year team. So they're eight and nine. Um, we had three kids on the team that played eight years as eight years old, the whole spring season. Um, and you know, they'd make a bad play and you know, they're, they're, they're immediately down and it's like, dude, like it, it, there's still so much baseball left. Mm-hmm. Plus, I mean, like I said, they played 35 games and it's like, it, it happens. Even, even pros make, you know, but it's, it's what happens next. And it's like, it's how you come back from that is really, you know, what makes a good baseball player, right? Cause you're going to make mistakes, right? Like, I mean, you're going to strike out, right? Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> especially know, be, in baseball. In the, I mean, you're a, you're a yeah, hall of famer be, to, if you succeed three out of 10 times. So exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, so, but um, about halfway through this season and, and I was kind of like talking with my son about it, you know, in the dugout, like, every kid looked up to Tyler. Mm. Like it didn't matter if, if Tyler shaved his head, everyone else wanted to shave his head. Like, cause they were like, and, and multiple parents kept on saying like, my kid just really watches everything that Tyler does. If Tyler's swinging a different bat or a different way, like they're watching him. And so I, you know, I just kept reiterating to him like, Hey man, like you're a leader on this team, mm. even though you don't like necessarily like, have that position or that title like everyone's looking at you as a leader on this team and i said and your attitude in that dugout can completely change everyone else's attitude in that dugout and i was like if you come in and after you strike out and you mope which he i've told him multiple times like i i'm i'm just impressed with i'm impressed as shit as like like I would be snapping a bat across my knee because I was so pissed off, but yeah. like he didn't. And, you know, he's like, he's like, okay, yeah, you know, and, um, but he could figure a way to channel it. And I'll, I'll tell you another story in a minute, but like he would come into the dugout and, and our kid would come in the dugout, just pissed off. And, and, and other kids wouldn't say shit to this other kid, you know, right. and you'd see the kid just moping, but Tyler would make an effort and he really started doing this. Like I said, about halfway through the season would make an effort, go over to him and just like say, Hey man, something, some type of words of encouragement. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, we'll get him next time. Don't worry about it. Like, Hey, you know, you may have struck out, but the next kid just hit a, you know, just hit a two run, um, uh, a double or something mm-hmm. like that. And, and, and you saw that other kid get over his situation <clears throat> almost instantaneous, you know? And it's like, watching that happen to him, you know, and I just, I, 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 it, it gave me goosebumps to watch, obviously as a dad to see like your son, like, you know, in that situation, 
um, have that that impact on his peers, even though they're all equals. You know, they're all eight, nine U baseball players. Right. Yeah. It's really interesting. So <clears throat> why why do you think it is that he's like that? Just out of curiosity. I mean, so what for two I have two a two part question here. One um, is he far and away better than everybody else on the team and they respect him because of that? Or do you think it's more of his presence and attitude? Because well, those, I, mean, I, I, I played just... on those traveling teams too. And they're like, it's, it's rare that every now and again, you'll see a team where one kid is way better than everybody else, but everybody there is really good. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he is good. I mean, he led the team in in hitting and, and, and strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't say like, like and as you know right like that that could happen that can switch tomorrow Mm. and the next kid is is right in that position so you know i know that you know i know there's some of that 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 he does but also i i think that I, i watched him do this multiple times where he would make a mistake and he knew it was a mistake mm. right like he would make a mistake and and rather than you know, mope or cry, like he channeled all of that like negative energy into the next play hmm. and and just made it even better. And I, I was I was gonna mention this earlier, but um it was like almost like one of our last games and it was actually his last inning that he got to pitch. Um we were we were really close game. Um he pitched uh pitched pitched one hit or pitched one and the kid hit like this tiny little dribbler. We had a, a, a base runner on um, first and third, and it was two outs. And so he re- ran up, grabbed the ball, and instead of throwing it the first to get the easy out, he threw it home. Mm. And our catcher wasn't expecting it, and he was off of he, – he assumed he was just going to home with – or to go to first with mm. it. Right. Um, and the catcher wasn't expecting it and was out of position, caught the ball, but the kid scored. And I saw my son just literally like, j- just obviously get pissed. Right, his next three pitches were the hardest I've ever seen. And even like this coach was like, "There's not a kid in Hampton Roads that could hit that kid." Mm-hmm. Like I got to figure out how to piss him off because I just saw something that no nine-year-old kid would have been able to hit. And I mean, he threw three just incredible pitches that were, I mean, they were fastballs. I mean, he doesn't know any other pitch right now, but I mean, he threw them so hard and perfect that the kid just stared at it. It was just like, I I can't hit this, Mm. (laughs) but where I think that, that just maturity Mm -hmm. that I saw from that was just so motivating. And I was just, I told him afterwards, I was like, man, like to watch you channel that, and do it in a manner that you didn't melt on the mound and and you know give up six more runs because mm-hmm. you just gave up an easy out which you've done that play you know you could do that play 10 out of 10 times mm-hmm. and this one time you just you just screwed it up but um i i, I think that 
I, you know, going back to your question of why he's like that. Yes. He, he is a leader on the team because he's, he's good. Mm. He works hard. Um, he's, he does every morning before school, uh, during the school year. I mean, he was doing drills, he was hitting balls. He was, you know, doing baseball drills every morning before, before school. And I mean, people would ask him like, Hey, what are you doing? And he would tell them and they're just like, Oh, well, I don't do anything in between practice, you know? And it's like, so he had that just extra level of dedication. You know, he, he is, he's a good ball player, but he, he is encouraging others. So I think it's, I think it's a combination of a lot of things like that. Yeah. But it, I mean, there's certainly a, there's a lot of really good baseball players, even at the major league level that are exceptional at the game but not exactly great leaders, right? Um, yep. So it, it's very common. This, this is a lesson that people can learn, whether you're military first responder or whether you're in, <clears throat> if you're in a work situation where there are project managers and stuff like that, if this is particularly salient when you become a manager yourself and you start assigning tasks to people, it's not always your best performer at a specific task that's the real leader. You know what I mean? Uh, now of course the person's got to be competent to some degree, but if we, we talk about core competencies a lot in leadership, you know what I mean? Uh, so do I really want to take my best, my, my person that's best at performing this task and then saddle them with leadership responsibilities when that's not really their best trait, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, now to the other point, there's two things here about, just his general attitude. And I think it's something that we, we need to teach kids more. Um, you say he channels the anger and frustration. Well, not only in his personal efforts, but also when somebody else is upset at their own performance, that's a very emotionally mature nine-year-old. I couldn't do that at any point, um, in my baseball playing career. Um, not for myself, I could for other people, but not myself. And that's what, I mean, and I've, and I've, I've told him that, right. I was like, man, me as a nine-year-old, like I couldn't do what you do with mm. that. Like I was like, I, I, that really is impressive to watch you do that because I wasn't, I, I was, like I said, I would have been the one, I would have snapped the bat mm. across and, or if on the, if I was on the mound pitching, I, I would have, I would have just shit the bed on there and mm. probably would have given up six <laughs> runs, you know, like when it was two outs and it was, should have been an easy out yeah. because you know, but it, it, it is, it is neat to see, you know, that level like that, where you you can see that, um, his leadership is coming out on that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, uh, one of the things I like to say is if you can inhale rage and exhale purpose, you can move a fucking mountain. You know what I mean? Um, no doubt. but it, you can, you know, if you inhale and exhale rage, then, you're not, you're not going to get very far like that. Stand by. <laughs> but the, the other part of it is yeah. uh, where he's going up to other kids. This is something that I – like people reach out to me on a pretty regular basis, especially since I started this show and will tell me stories about um, I saw this person that needed help today, so I went out of my way to help them. Or I saw some garbage on the ground and I picked it up. I'm like, sweet. Now next time, do it when there's other people around. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and say, hey, let's pick up this garbage or, hey, let's go help this person out. Now there's two of you. You know what I mean? And, and you do that one more time, you got three, and that's a fucking fire team. You know, so uh, yep. 
so searching out conflict and discomfort in order to repair and improve the situation is something that used to be the norm. Like if, if your neighbor needed help, you helped them. Um, <clears throat> you didn't shy away. If somebody fell down, you didn't look the other way because you were embarrassed for them. You went over there and fucking helped them get up. You know what I mean? And now we don't really do that that much. So, and it's not, honestly, it's not very hard to train people to do that. Um, once you kind of get in the habit of like, oh, like you'll, you'll be mid conversation, something will happen and you'll help fix the situation and maybe not even break the conversation you're in. It just becomes second nature for you to assist in that. And I think that's a really important thing. I think that might be the most important part of training young leaders is teaching them to, uh, to seek out the, the, the conflict and discomfort and not be afraid of it. Yeah. You know, um, I read a well. Listen to I, I. I still say I read a book, uh, even though I listened to it. <laughs> um, Inner voice. Uh, I don't know who the author is, um, but it 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 talked a lot about how you know we're always we always battle these inner voices in our head, and and you know it could be for good or evil, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like we all hear that, you know, mm-hmm. we all know that, but like if you just act when your inner voice tells you to do something generally speaking it there it's telling you to do good things Mm -hmm. right and and to your point when people tell you like you know hey uh pick up that trash or do stuff like that right like i've had multiple times where i don't act on that and and you never know what that outcome ever comes out to be right? right but you're just carrying on your 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 day right but there's other times when i've like really focused on listening to what that inner voice says and then i i act on it and they're little things and it's like um one example was we were buying gift cards it was like a holiday season we were buying gift cards for um all of our employees mm-hmm. and i thought I needed, I, I, for some reason I had a number in my head of how many I needed to buy. And then when I was sitting there checking out, I was like, I needed two more. And I was like, I don't know why I need two more. All right. I'll just buy two more, whatever. And so I bought two more and I was like, okay. And leaving out of this parking lot, I, I was, I should have gone North, but for whatever reason I went East, which was out of my way and would have taken me a different route to get to work. I went east and and I pulled out of the the thing and I started going and as I was there, there is a homeless guy there who, in like this shopping area, we don't ever have like homeless people around there and I was like that's so weird like you don't mm-hmm. really see someone. And I handed him the gift card and I was just like hey man I, I hope this helps out this you know holiday season or whatever, and then I went on and then I was like man that's so weird like if I would have just gone sh- north like I would like the exit towards the street that I needed to get to was easier to go this way than this way. And then because I was on this route to my work, I got to another area and I was like, you gotta be shitting me. It's like another, another homeless mm. person there. I'm <laughs> like this. And, and same thing. I, I handed him the, the, uh, I think it was a lady. I don't remember. I, I handed the person the, the gift card and, and drove on to work, but it was, if I would have just not done that, I wouldn't have seen those and probably just had two extra gift cards for no other reason. But like all, all of those things happened 
just because I listened to that that inner voice tell me and and I and I didn't just listen to it, I acted on it. Right. And, and yeah. I thought that was something really really interesting and and it's a good book if you never if you never read it. it yeah. It's a uh, Yeah, uh find out what the actual name is and and shoot it oh, over to uh, me. Yeah. Now. But it's I, uh, I talk about that a lot too. It's I like be on the lookout for that kind of stuff. If you pay attention, you know, one, it'll, it'll train the way you think, right? Because you're, it's, it's, it's social reward basically, right? So it's a dopamine hit. Uh, and it does, I don't mean to take the wind out of our, our collective sales by <clears throat> explaining the physiological process that led to that, but it's really important to understand it because it, it tells you how the habit building process works. Like you can get dopamine hits from sugary drinks or from smoking cigarettes or from doing stupid shit, whatever it is, or you can get dopamine hits from, Hey, I helped that dude today. Right. Nobody can take that away from you. Nobody can stop you from, from doing something every day like that. If you pay attention, uh, opportunities to help people will find you on a routine basis. Um, Mm -hmm. whether it makes sense to you or not in in the moment. And it also trains, over time and it doesn't take very long to do it over time it trains your brain to be on the lookout for that stuff so like in your case in this situation uh there's no not necessarily any rational thought process that went into all that it just kind of happened but it happened because you were ready for it to happen you were prepared to act on it you know what i mean i think that's a really important part because people it's really easy to get uh frustrated and disillusioned and ultimately nihilistic about how fucked up life can be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when you have high hopes, when you're, uh, if, if you're like at a, as somebody that that's super patriotic and you see the current state of the country, it can be very depressing. But if you allow that to stop you from doing the right thing, then it's only going to get worse. You know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. there, it's, it's, yeah. an, it's no politicians coming to save us. No fucking billionaires coming to save us. No political revolutionary or philosophers coming to save us. You do it every day with your own actions. That's how it works. And then the collective effort from all of us, you know, at the lower level, the the citizen, that's what builds greatness. It's not great leaders or whatever. That's that. It never works top down like that. Yeah. Well, I I know like something that, that, so I, you know, I went, I went officer, um, and, and something that I, I get asked is, you know, if I could do it again, would I go back and, and be enlisted? And my answer is no. Right. Like, and not that I don't respect what enlisted guys do. And it's actually the complete opposite. Right. But I've always been a person to look at moving, moving forward. Right. Like, mm. even if I could go back in, in time and reset the clock. I, I loved everything that I got to do as an officer and, and what I got to do in the teams, mm. right? Like, could it have been different or could it have been better? Yeah, maybe, but like, I'm not willing to go back to then try to rewrite history and do something different. And it could also have gotten, it could also have been worse, right? Like, I don't know, like, all of my deployments and, and, you know, I don't get to go to combat or I don't get to go to do these things. And, and I'm sitting here training somebody, right? Like where I got to do all this other cool stuff because I was an officer. And in some cases I got to do positions 
that were way above my experience, mm. but they needed an officer to go do those. Right. right. And it's like, I need, I need an officer coverage to go, you know, sit in this, this position and you're going to be answering to a four-star general. But at the end of the day, I also knew that the chief or senior chief that was with me was really the person who's in charge doing like the tactical stuff. And I'm there just as like ass cover to make sure that, right. uh, you know, like there's an officer there that, that, that if the general needs to talk to me, he can talk to me type thing. Right. Sure, yeah. and, and as dumb as that sounds, right. There is that world in there where it, it, you know, but I got to do those things and, and I mean, going through divorce and, and all these other things like that, I, I wouldn't go back and change anything mm. because the outcome could be different than what it is today. And I, I've, I've learned so much from my experience and I'm going to take that, that as a learning mm. and move forward and figure out how to hopefully never make that mistake again. But even if I do, hopefully it doesn't last as long as the, you know, sure. the, the previous time, for example. Right. Um, but I, I like, I am constantly telling my kids that, you know, I, I, I live by that, you know, um, I, I do 100%, you know, that I believe that, you know, uh, uh, things happen because of us, you know, and, and, you know, people think that there's all these little cliche sayings and different things like that. I, I do believe that I, I, I do believe in, you know, a God and, and, and things and, um, but I believe that your actions and what you do are 100% a reflection of, of who you are. Sure. Right. And, and nothing should be given to you just because I'm Sean Matson, Right. Mm. Or, you, you know, you're, you're, you're a former Navy SEAL or whatever. Like, no, like I, I, I got this because of my hard work yep. and efforts and everything that I've done. And I've failed <laughs> plenty of times, right? Just like you, right? Like, mm -hmm. and, and, but then you figure out how to hopefully fail less and also maybe make those failures, um, not last as long. Right. Yeah, for sure. Teachable moments, I guess. Or, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, there's a lot here's of a, Here's a funny one. So actually in a, in a, uh, in a eval, uh, I'll, I'll make fun of myself again. Um, uh, in one of my evals, I, I wrote up that, uh, you know, like you have in your eval, like block, you have like the couple, like, you know, you have to put like a little like catchy phrase and mm -hmm. then you put a couple sentences yeah. of, of bullshit. You're talking about your and I OER. Put teachable yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're mm -hmm. uh, and, and so I put, I was a teachable student <laughs> and my, my commander was like, he's like, dude, you're an idiot. <laughs> That's a very diplomatic way to say you fuck up a lot. Yeah. He was like, I'm not, no, like we got to figure out a better way to say it. Like, I'm not putting that you're a teachable student. I was like, but I feel like that's what I am. And he was just like, no, like that's horrible. When you're an 03 in a SEAL team, you <laughs> so, probably should put something else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So whatever. I yeah. thought that was funny. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he still, he, he still will uh, shoot me a text message. He's like, how's my teachable student? I'm like, I'm crushing it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I mean, to, to that. So we, we talked a lot about leadership today from, you know, our own experience, 
uh, running and gunning and business and, and all the way back to childhood. Uh, the next, the, before we get out of here, I want to talk about this other principle you chose, which is I will live a life worth dying for. We've gotten a lot of different responses to what that means to people. Um, I'm curious what it means to you. For, for me, I mean, obviously in the military, there was a whole different reason for if I did die, right? Mm. Like, um, and I know for a fact in multiple occasions for missions and things like that, you know, it was kind of like, I mean, if it happens, it happens. Like I'm, 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 I'm going with, you know, my best buddies and I know I'm doing something that, you know, hopefully leaves an impact for future generations Mm -hmm. and and stuff like that. So I'm willing, I'm willing to accept that, you know, now, um, you know, for me, it, my whole reason for what I do and things like that. And I I know we talked about it probably on, on drinking bros and other Mm -hmm. stuff before, but like, like for me, I, I, I have three, things that I make every decision on damn near every decision on and and it's 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 my family and my work and my working out and and those three things like my work I want my work to make an impact and and I feel like we do make an impact with what we do for my working out I hope I inspire other people to want to work out do um better themselves right like you know to live that lifestyle like that and then for my family you know, to what we talked about earlier is I want to lead them to be the best versions of themselves. You know, I don't care if my son quits baseball tomorrow and becomes, um, you know, a, a, a ballet dancer, mm-hmm. right? I hope he's the best fucking ballet dancer in the world, right? And goes and wins, you know, competitions, if that's what he loves to do, right? Right. And, and, and that's what I want to, I, I want to do for my family. And, and I know that right now, I'm doing that. And I'm okay saying that if I died tomorrow, that that is what is going to be on my tombstone. And then that's what people are going to remember me for it, it, it. You know, it's not that, you know, Sean was a funny guy that, you know, I am a really funny guy, but uh, <laughs> you know, that's what I, that's why I know that, you know, the life that I'm living and the life that I'm going to continue to live is worth dying for at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, what you're talking about is you're, you're just defining your purpose in life as you see it. Like that's, that's what, so you, you want to, you want to make sure that the things that you're doing in your life are worthy of, you know, your uh, eventual death, I guess. Uh, it, so yep. <clears throat> we've had people say, uh, I mean, a lot of people have commented a lot of different things on this. Um, uh, you know, Baker Levitt, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So Baker said that he thinks about what he's doing right now. And then he imagines himself as an old man on his deathbed and, and thinks like, what would this be? If, if I was on my deathbed, would I look back on this moment and, and make the same decision? I think that's a good way mm-hmm. to frame it. Um, other people yep. have said, other people have made, you know, the the first point you made, which is like, I'm, I, this is a noble cause worth dying for. I'm over here fighting. It's a, it's a lot easier to answer that question when you frame it in terms of war, because the consequences are very obvious, right? But the, the other 40 to 50 years of life you're going to live after that is 
it's a it's a it's a lot a lot more nebulous i guess i mean a lot of different things can happen we settle into comfort and we accept things that if we knew if we really were able to conceptualize how limited our time was we would certainly make different decisions <clears throat> so i think it's good that you've boiled them down uh to, well, and I, and to I, the three core things for you and 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 on that right like i mean i i i i schedule I schedule a lot of different things. I schedule, I schedule my workouts. I schedule dates with my wife. Mm. I schedule time with my kids Be, and, and, and it's so that I'm intentional with that, mm. right? Like, it's not just like, Oh, I look at my schedule and it's just, uh, it's empty. And, but I, and it, it also doesn't have to be like, people are like, Oh my gosh, that would get, just get annoying to know that, you know, you have to have this regiment. Well, but, the, the, the beauty of it is, is like, if I have scheduled time with, you know, my wife for a date or something like that, mm-hmm. life, life is going to fucking happen, right? Yeah. Like we've had multiple times where we've scheduled a date and then one of our kids gets sick and we can't go on the date, sure. right? Well, we, we, we take that block and then I just move it into another mm-hmm. time and mm-hmm. say, Hey, we'll just go do this time. And then I'm like, Oh, well now I've got this. Okay. What do we want to do now? Now it's either go find something else to do or fill it with, you know, one of the other things that I can move around. But like, you're not in a state of like chaos then, right? Like right. it's like, it's, it's, it's okay. Right. Like, and, and um, I, I just, I know I operate better knowing that. And then it also allows me to be extremely intentional with, mm. with and whom I give time to. Right. Like I, like there are times when like, people are like, Hey, can I get a call with you? And I'll go to my calendar before, like I send them like my link to my calendar and I'll like block off time. Cause I don't want to talk to them this week or whatever. And I'm right, like, yeah, no, yeah. I, yeah. I don't have, and, but they don't know that they'll, they'll right. schedule and be like, Oh, the, the earliest time you have is two weeks. Well, sorry, buddy. That's, that's the earliest time I yeah, got. Yeah. Well, now they know, know but... but I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now they know. <laughs> I only, I only do that for Ross. So uh, uh. <laughs> well, I, I, I do it too. And I see him every day. Um, yeah, 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 I mean, it's, you you know, we we do a lot of different types of stuff. Like I write a lot and I, I've got to be in a certain headspace to do that. So, Mm -hmm. um, that's a part of my day that's blocked off from everybody, including like my family, right? Like, of course things are going to happen that interrupt that sometimes, but you know, the other side of that is getting, uh, buy-in from the other people involved, your family, your business partners or whatever. And, and frankly, if you don't have that kind of purpose and intentionality, uh, uh, people are going to assume that you take the other stuff seriously, but not them and their feelings. Right. And that's, it's just, sometimes I guess that can be true for some people, but it's not, it's typically not the case. We just don't do a very good job of articulating that i think people that that have high tempo you know business careers don't do a very good job of separating that and life because you know it's especially these days in the digital age when you can operate an entire a business any from anywhere in the world on your phone you know it you i I feel myself working too much almost every single day and you know all things being equal if i feel okay and i don't have anything else to do i'm just going to keep doing it because why wouldn't I like I I just but but there is some level of intentionality like if you want to you can't take any of that wealth with you and 
you know, we've seen the dangers of making your family and ancestors extremely rich without teaching them actual principles and how to live a good life. Those people end up pieces yeah. of shit, like 100% yeah. of the time. You don't see anybody that's like third generation rich that didn't have some kind of like extreme circumstance or their parents were exceptional that turned out to be a good human being. As a matter of fact, over the last 10 years, we've coined the phrase affluenza in this country, which is somebody who was too rich to learn how to be a, a good person. So they can get away with crimes now. You know what I mean? But right. it sounds absurd, but it's a real thing that's going on. So, yeah. you know, I struggle with that too. Just like the material stuff. I don't really care about the material stuff. It's more about the goals for me. But you do have to, like when you talk about living a, a life worth dying for, how do you quantify it? You know what I mean? Do you quantify it in the, your success in business and the amount of shit you accumulate or money you accumulate or even experiences you have, or is there something greater? And I think, you know, the fa it, it, it comes back to the family. Uh, we had, um, uh, seven of, uh, what is it? Seven of four, seven of three project, you know, Chad, right? Uh, he's, yeah, a, yeah, he's yeah. a fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I knew Chad, right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. He's a he's yeah, an absolute I know, I know what about. he's an absolute lunatic. He was on Drinking Bros about two months yeah. ago, and he made the point that uh, the smallest form of government is the family, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the most overlooked one. So it's no, I, I think that you could take a sample from any point in modern Western history and examine the average person's family life and how solidified and healthy that situation is and you'll be able to tell exactly how the government and their country is being run at the time i really do think that there's a, a, a correlation between those two things so you know if you've got to add fucking bookmarks on your calendar to make sure that shit's getting done you better do it you know what i mean like you, you got to do whatever <laughs> yeah. it is you got to do to make sure that shit happens i guess is, is the point well, and, uh, you know, any, anytime you have that, if you have that structure, like I said, anytime anything goes when life happens, right. It, 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 it no longer becomes, it no longer becomes a chaotic moment where you see people melt down in front of their, in front of your face. Right. Like, it's like, no, it's okay. We can just move this, do this, mm. do this. And, and we're off and, and, and we're good again. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the world's back to, back to normal. I tell it's people that like, all the time. Like when they watch us and shoot houses and stuff, um, and wonder like, how did you react so quickly to that? Cause I was thinking about that, like, um, like 30 seconds before it happened, I was already picturing in my mind, making that turn and taking that shot. You know what yeah. I mean? But I was also yeah. imagining three or four other things. Now that's an extremely, uh, that, that is a very extreme situation, right? That's different than what mm -hmm. most people are going to face in their lives. But if you've got, uh, uh, if you're thinking about second and third order effects and you're planning, you know what I mean? It makes a big difference. It, it makes you seem more competent yeah. than you really are, to be honest, because you're able to, to flex so quickly. And these days, the way everything's going, the way how quickly things change, not just in, <clears throat> not just in business, but in culture and society, being able to uh, like resilience and being able to flex quickly and, and pivot super good skills to have. Yeah. When, you know, when you talk about, when you talk about those things, right. It's also when you talk about the, the pivot aspect of it, it's, 
not every not every great idea is something that you're gonna be willing to take to the grave, right? Like right. it's like I'm gonna take I'm gonna I'm gonna retire on this. Like, well, you, you gotta also know when like, hey, listen, like this this is run run its course mm-hmm. and, and it's time to leave and I'm trying to go on and move on and go do something else. And 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 while it could be painful to restart something, right? It 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 might be better for everybody if that just happens you know and just uh, observing it seeing it and then just acting on it and saying okay let's let's move on yep and and not being afraid that uh you know your world's going to come crashing down sure and don't fall into the spent cost fallacy trap either which is i put so much effort into this i can't stop now well that's not really a smart way to think about it like you, that's not, <laughs> that's, that, not. that's one factor Certainly one factor yeah. is how much you've invested, but if it's if it's clearly going to fail investing more, you may as well set your time and money on yeah. fire. You know what I mean? Uh, well, I'm driving. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to hit this. I'm yeah. going to hit this pillar. I, I, I'm too close now. I can't hit the brakes. Yeah. I can hit it at 100 yeah, rather dumb. than 80. <laughs> it's dumb. Uh, so thanks for coming today. Uh, is there anything else you'd yeah, like man. to share with people before we get out of here? No, I just appreciate the time, Dan. Good. Good talking with you. Yeah, man. I appreciate you coming out uh, at really interesting conversation. I always like talking about leadership, uh, especially with people who, you know, have experienced it in multiple phases of life from, you know, the military or first responder, even athletics in college or whatever it is to, you know, business, then to being parents and stuff like that. It's you, the, the interesting thing about it to me is that you find the exact same lessons at every single level. So we think, we think we, our leaders now and we wonder how to teach our kids to be leaders and we can't figure it out well just teach them the exact shit that you know man like it's it's not going to change leadership is not going to change between now and whatever so uh yeah thanks for coming out today i really appreciate it everybody go check out sean matts and check out carter max and matt bach and everything else he's got going on uh thank you for listening this has been citizen thank you cool thanks man Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. I'll see you soon. See you. All right. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.